Listening to Condé Nast Traveler's podcast, Women Who Travel, you will be transported to the ancient ruins of Pompeii, to New York City's most storied neighborhoods, and to the jaw-dropping peaks of Bhutan. It's the best of what you love about traveling, experiencing different people, cultures, and perspectives, all from the comfort of your own home. Each week, join host and global journalist Lali Alikoglu as she shares her own experiences along with those of self-identifying women travelers from all over the globe. How do the bestie comedian pairs of Sheer Zamata and Nicole Byer navigate travel together? What can you realistically expect from your first global solo travel experience? How is dance used as a tool for healing in Indigenous Australian communities? If these questions piqued your interest, pack your bags and go on a journey with women who travel. Available wherever you get your podcasts. If you could go back in time, if I gave you a magic time machine and you could go back and talk to yourself, to that aunt who's a little bit younger, who's learning, getting a bit annoyed and frustrated, what would you tell him? You can never do it first try, but if you continue like this, you'll still get it in the future, Glenel. That is a good message for that aunt, isn't it? Yeah. Over the Easter holidays, I had the good fortune to go away with my family for a week in the sun. We went to Tenerife, an island of Spain off the west coast of Africa. It was beautifully warm, and along with the walk up a volcano, discovering a black sand beach, watching the kids try out a new set of disco moves, I think what my wife and I enjoyed the most was a few days of not having to do a single chore. Heaven indeed. That said, It was a particularly special holiday for my seven-year-old son, who was trying to do a brave new thing. Arne's been working hard on his swimming over the past year, specialising mainly in breaststroke, but also finding time to develop the backwards jellyfish, which is much harder than he makes it look, I can tell you. And for this week, he was determined. I'm going to get so good, Daddy, that I can swim by myself. You won't need to be so close to me all the time. So for pretty much four or five hours a day, he's working at it. Keeping a good body position in the water. Consistent strokes. Relaxed breathing. All with no floats swimming mainly in the shallow pool, and every now and then running up the stairs for a go-on-the-water slide. Another new thing for him, and all part of finding new confidence. Three days into the holiday, Arne's in his rainbow animal swim trunks, learning the hotel's house dance. I call him over and ask him if he's ready for me to test his swimming. He nods excitedly, and we slip into one of the deeper main pools. Okay, wee man, how about this? I'll swim alongside you just in case, but how about we go from these steps to those ones over there? It's maybe eight metres away, and looks a reasonably clear path between the various inflatable turtles and giant donuts. He's amped to get it right, so he's going fast. The circular movements of his breaststroke are touch frantic at times, but 
he makes it. Beaming. We make a deal. I tell him I'll let him do his own thing without me next to him if he respects his limits. Arne has a tendency to be super enthusiastic about activities, which is lovely. But for this one, I don't want him getting out of his depth while he's still finding his way. We fist bump on it, and he scoots off for another round on the water slide. He's having an amazing time, trying everything, making friends. It's beautiful to see. It's especially poignant for me, given that body image issues I had as a child meant that swimming was, well, I dreaded it. Seeing Arne's freedom and being part of helping it happen feels like a big milestone for both of us. It's a kind of letting go, isn't it? As a parent, you spend so much of your attentional bandwidth, especially when they're young, on making sure they're safe and okay. So this, for me, is one of the first instances of letting go of that and giving him his freedom, earned by his hard work, of course. Sitting up on a sun lounger, reflecting on what has just happened, I realise my role has changed from supporting to watching. Instead of literally supporting him while he swam, being close to him, my job now is to watch how he's doing, giving him the confidence as he improves, but without crowding his space. This is an important movement too in mindfulness practice. Learning the difference between two very different modes of attention. One where it is heavily involved with managing the experience and one where it is detached but still aware. Let's see if we can get a sense of it ourselves now. And we'll start by taking two, no three, deep breaths. Aware of the sensations of the breath as you do. One, one. Two, two. Three, three. Ah. Keeping our awareness super close to these deep breaths. Breathing at your own pace. One, one, two, two, three, three. So here, we've been heavily involved in the breath, dictating its length, influencing how it is. Get a sense for what that feels like. Now for the untangling. 
moving from supporting the breath, intervening with your attention, and instead, now just watching it. It can be tricky, especially after we've just been so interventionist. Watching the breath this time, without changing it in any way. So that's the idea, but notice how we still try to change it by habit. It's a real skill to watch experience closely, but not intervene. And as we practice letting go, there's much to learn about where we still get tangled up. Letting go doesn't happen right away. It's an unentangling, thread by thread. With Arne's new independence as a swimmer, giving me more sun lounger time, I remember a different kind of letting go he experienced, learning to cycle. In a rare, enlightened moment of city planning, a beautiful, mature, tree-lined avenue near where we live was closed to cars, creating a now permanent promenade uniting the parkland on both sides. It's perfect for learning to cycle. Long, straight. It looks a bit epic. But it just didn't work. Arn really didn't enjoy it. And speaking to him about it, the nub was that he wasn't that into doing something he wasn't good at. He liked being good at things. And didn't like not being able to cycle well the moment the training wheels came off. Then, months later, something changed. He became focused on the result, that of being able to cycle by himself and maybe get a new bike for his birthday not just the hand-me-down he was learning on. He recognised that you have to start bad at something before you get good. With this new mindset, he got it pretty much right away. The guy's a born cyclist, actually. Lightweight frame, powerful legs. It's a delight to watch. This, then, is a different flavour of letting go. With the swimming... It was about me, me moving from being involved to being a watcher. With the cycling, it's him, him letting go of the need for training wheels. I'm not having to hold him up. It's for him to choose when to remove the supports. They might sound similar, but from an attentional or mindfulness perspective, it's quite different. In the first letting go, we learn to disentangle our need to be involved. In the second letting go, 
we're not letting go of entanglement. We're letting go of training wheels. And the simple way to do that is to try meditating without guidance, without me and my wider team here. Fear not. We'll be here whenever you need us, but this week, how about you try doing some meditation by yourself? Maybe you do already. But if you don't, then give it a go, even for a minute. A good way to do that is to choose a technique that you've enjoyed in the past. There's body awareness. Placing the attention on a particular part of the body or the sense of the body as a whole. There's stability practice where you choose something to place the attention on and just bring it back again and again when your awareness wanders away. There's loving kindness where we say phrases meaningful to us, sending kind thoughts to ourselves and to others. There's insight practice, where we are more interested in our reaction to what is happening in body and mind than what is happening itself. Then there's the technique of no technique, where we just allow things to happen. Choose one that calls to you, and give it a go this week. Happy with the knowledge that you'll probably think you're not doing great. But like Arne, each apparent failure is a step closer to independence. So thank you, Arne, for being so good at life. And thank you. You're all right too. And to close up, we thought you might like to hear from Arne himself. Hi, I'm Arne Gunnatilica. So Arne, I just want to ask you a couple of questions about, remember we went, well obviously we remember we went on holiday recently to Tenerife. Yeah. We had a really good time. We did loads of swimming. I think you did the most swimming out of everyone. What do you remember about swimming at Tenerife? I was like a really accurate swimmer, unlike before. And before, would you have to use to swim? A float noodle. And where would... I be when you were swimming? Beside me. During this holiday, you were able to swim by yourself without us being too close and without using floats. How did it feel for that to happen? Like, I could, like, move wherever I wanted in the water. It was nice. And you felt happy? Yeah. And did you feel proud about that as well? Yes. And what are you looking forward to doing next in the swimming pool? Mm, like, diving underwater... And like staying underwater for like minutes, what for like 30 seconds underwater. Wow, that's a good, good ambition. And when I was thinking about you swimming on, it also reminded me when we learned, when, well, when you learned to ride a bike. Do you remember that time? Oh, yeah. When we first tried to learn to ride a bike, I remember actually you didn't enjoy it so much. Yeah. And do you remember why that was? I thought I could do it on first try. That's right. And you were getting a bit frustrated. Yeah, but I think it might have been because I might have fought, fell a lot on the bike. You did, fall, yeah, you did fall a few times, but then we had waited a few weeks and a couple of months, actually. And then we tried again. I remember letting go and mummy doing the video of you doing it. I felt really happy. How did you feel doing that? Amazing. 
And if you could go back in time, if I gave you a magic time machine and you could go back and talk to yourself, to that Arn, who's a little bit younger, who's learning, getting a bit annoyed and frustrated, what would you tell him? You can never do it first try, but if you continue like this, you'll still get it in the future, because I know. That is a good message for that Arn, isn't it? Yeah. We'd love to hear your personal reflections from today's episode. You can find us on all your social media platforms through our handle at Meditative Story. Or you can email us at hello at meditativestory.com. On behalf of the team at Meditative Story, thank you for spending time with us today. We love creating the show for you. And if the show serves you in a meaningful way, we'd love to hear from you. Would you take a minute right now to write us a review in your podcast app? When you leave a review, it really inspires our team. And we're a group who derives so much energy from understanding how Meditative Story impacts you. It's also a way for you to pay it forward by helping others discover the show. So if leaving a review speaks to you today, we'd really appreciate it. Meditative Story is a Wait What original. Our executive producers are Darren Triff, June Cohen, and Jay Punjabi. The series is produced by Dorothy Abrams. Original music and sound design by Ryan Holiday. Our scriptwriters are Marie McCoy-Thompson, Dan Neelin, and Florence Williams. Mixing and mastering by Brian Pugh. Special thanks to Laurie Hoffman, Anna Pizzino, Sarah Tarter, Katie Blazing, Mariel Carica, Nikki Williams, Kelsey Capitano, Tim Cronin, Sammy Oputa, Colin Howarth, Brittany Mills, Alfonso Bravo, Brandon Klein, and Brad Whirl. And I'm Rohan Gunatilika, creator of the Buddhify Meditation app, and your host. Visit meditativestory.com to find the transcript for this episode.